1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome to November as well. And you know, we're calling November the month for men. So all conversations, all topics, it's all about beauty for men. And my guest today is going to add uh, some greatness to our conversation with men. And we're calling this the beauty of barber talk. So welcome to Movember. Um, Tom Chapman is our guest today. He's an award-winning barber, founder of the Lions Club Club Collective, and has developed Barber Talk, which is a form of suicide intervention and mental health awareness. So welcome, Tom. Glad to have you here.
2: Thank you for having me. It's a complete honor.
1: Yeah, you've got some exciting things going on, it sounds like. Um, but you know, it, it's, and I want to get to all of that, of course, but I always really loved uh, hearing people's stories, how they got involved in, you know, in the industry, whether it's barbering, beauty, hairdressing, that type of thing. So what's your story? What got you involved to be a barber?
2: Oh, um, it started many years ago. Now I, um, I, I, was, I was doing my A-levels, which is sort of higher education in the UK, and the next step was university. I, 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 all my friends were going to university, and it felt like something I should be doing, but I decided that I was going for the wrong reasons, and I was still looking for something to do. But my uh, mum actually said to me, look, you've got a, a bright pink mohawk, you dye your hair different colours every week, you do your friend's hair, have you ever thought about doing hairdressing? And to my surprise, it had shocked me that I'd never actually really considered it, but it's something that I went and did straight away, um, to all my teachers' despair, because I wasn't going to university, and it was almost seen... Uh, I w- well, they said I was just dis- they were disappointed in me for not taking that route. Um, but I went and started my career with Tony and Guy. Um, I started off volunteering at the weekend to get my foot in the door, and... I just loved it straight away and spent all my time with hair, cutting my friend's hair outside of work in my kitchen, with my flat that I had. Um, and <clears throat> I learned from some from, from amazing people, at Tony and Guy. So I was very lucky to have that solid background of training. However, they didn't have, um, you weren't allowed to have clippers in the in the salons back then it was seen as cheating and it was all scissor over comb, which taught me some amazing skills and the discipline of scissor over comb. However, I had to uh, learn through trial and error on my friend's hair with clippers and sort of self-taught barbering um, to myself. And I just loved it. I loved doing men's hair. I loved doing the shorter styles and the fades and it it kind of, my passion grew from there. So that's how I ended up going more towards barbering. And then six years ago I opened my my own shop uh, here in the uk and it allowed me to do all the things that I wanted to do like um, photo shoots and uh, stage work and you know trying to get my um sort of and my my own sort of hands-on experience with those things which led to me being published in some magazines and being asked to do education and something that I never thought I'd ever had the chance to do but you know since that is the best decision I ever made was opening my own shop and giving me the creative freedom to be able to experience things and uh and then and then network with others and you know learn more about this career in the last six years than I ever did in the previous 10 to that
1: mm, and so recently
2: I just sold my shop as well so sorry to oh dear, there. I, I, yeah. just sold the shop to concentrate on the Lions Barber Collective so it's all come like full circle again but yeah, it's crazy.
1: So tell us about the Lions uh, Barber Collective and the Lions Club, because I thought that was your shop, but it's not.
2: No, so so my shop was Tom Chapman Hair Design, and I worked there for uh, for six years, owned it for six years, and I still work there now, but I don't own it anymore because I formed the Lions Barber Collective uh, two, <clears throat> two years ago in September, and the idea originally was uh, on a Facebook group called New World Barbers, I posted an idea saying, look guys, let's get together and and create a, a lookbook of collection of images and then we can sell it. If, if everyone donates an image, we can sell it and raise money for charity. So that was the idea, talking to top barbers across the UK and Ireland. And I got the guys together and we sort of, we sort of sat down via uh, messengers on Facebook or other social media and decided what we were going to do it for. And there was lots of uh, I know, lots of male cancer charities, all those sorts of things came up. And one of the guys, Paul Mack from Ireland, said to me, how about suicide prevention? And that hit me hard because I'd lost a friend about a year previous to that to suicide. And we'd sat there discussing charities. I hadn't even thought of that. Um, so for me to be affected by it and not even think of suicide or mental health uh, made me realize that there isn't enough awareness out there for that. So it was probably the best cause we could do it for. So it decided then and there that suicide prevention and, and mental health was going to be the thing we were going to work towards with the charity side of things for the book to be released. Um, yeah,
1: that's fantastic. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the whole suicide piece here um, in our next segment because there's really something to something you know, powerful in regards to that. But I guess just to give our listeners a little bit of a nuance between, you know, what happens in the beauty salon to what happens in a barbershop. I mean, you know, what do you guys talk about traditionally when you're having your hair done? Sports? <laughs> politics?
2: Well, I've always been told to avoid politics and religion when, <laughs> yeah. when, talking, to, when talking to clients. Sometimes it comes up. But I think, you know, I think people are people and we talk about all sorts of things, whether that's, you know, is it, the individual is, is very different as well. Some guys will come in and talk to me uh, about sports. Some guys will come and talk about relationships. Sometimes people will come and t- have told me that they're suicidal and they've broken down in front of me in the chair into tears. Um, you know, so I've had a full range of things and uh, I've worked in unisex salons most of my career. But, you know, and I think, you know, this perception of what guys talk about and what women talk about, but um, I think it's you know it's the same both ways. I think guys have the same problems that, that women have and have the same emotions. So there's a lot of stuff going on which is very similar. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it, it there is that kind of masculine stereotype which we need to break down. I think that's part of the problem with with the whole suicide and, and mental health. The the Lions yeah, Barb Collective yeah. are trying to fight.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I know you've got some good information to be able to share with us in regards to that. So, you know, I've always looked at, I, I've always admired really good barbers because, you know, I think that the type of training to do shorter hair is very unique from doing longer more layered type of looks on females, basically how most women wear their hair. But the short haircuts really require some amazing skill set. But you said that you were self-taught in a lot of the barbering skills.
2: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I, I trial and error, really. I wasn't allowed to have clippers at work. So and I was into my punk rock and alternative music back then. So my friends wanted mohawks. And to do them with scissors took a long time. So I bought a pair of all super tapers um and taught myself how to do these things and i think because the girls that i worked with didn't do any men's hair weren't trained in it they always used to push mm-hmm. it on to me so i kind of got all the guys that were coming through the coming through the shop came came to me and then that's when i you know i, I just really loved it and and through trial and error and then also we've got a, such a Uh, i don't know depth of education online now every single bit of information you would ever want is online so through talking to other barbers watching videos um and then going and attending training courses and and uh you know trade shows you see lots and lots of stuff and i just i think because i loved it so much i kind of absorbed it and i gravitated towards it and it kind of become you know the cutting women's hair is fine and you know, I still I still cut women's hair from time to time, so it's not that you know, it's not like I don't do it anymore. But I just have that love for men's hair, that passion, and I felt excited when doing that, so that's why I wanted to go more that way. And I've been educating for the last three and a half years, and I've been to some amazing places like Brazil, and I've been to America, and, <clears throat> and and I think since doing those things, I've learned even more because I've been alongside some amazing barbers and i think with hairdressing and with barbering you never stop learning i think i've just written a book
0: yeah, that's true and,
2: I, and 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 yeah you just don't stop doing i've just written a book and i spoke mm-hmm. to barbers from all over the world uh, that i met along my travels last year and i asked them all one bit of could you give me one bit of advice and all of them pretty much said in one way or another never stop learning stay humble keep looking forward and keep trying to improve yourself you know push the boundaries and out of your comfort zone because that's you know we do never stop
1: yeah, it's so true. There's And there's always something new to learn because there's always a new way that we're designing hair just like, you know, designers of clothing are creating new looks. I mean, we're then creating new designs on the head. And I'm loving what's happening here in the men's category. And it's a massive surge here in the U.S. And I know that a, a lot of my listeners, Tom, are in the U.K. So I'm excited to be able to connect <laughs> um, you with all of my listeners that are in the yeah, U.K. Quite. But there is that... There is that variable, too, that we look at from, you know, the the well-trained barber or the, somebody that really understands the nuances of men's hair. Um, and I'm seeing a, a surge of, of barbering coming back in. But traditionally, you know, in the 30 years that I've been in the industry, it's been, you know, we we try to figure out how to do men's hair if we're a cosmetologist, a licensed yep. hairdresser. Um, and. We're, we're just going with it as we can, but there is a, there's a skill set and you're right. The clippers were not a very popular device. And to this day, I still think that there are a lot of cosmetologists that are very fearful of putting it, uh, some clippers in their hands and, and going out ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so the skill with scissors, the skill with clippers, all of that has, you know, has something to be said, but are you seeing a, a brand new surge of barbering coming back in, in the UK as well?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's huge here. I mean, the, the globally, barbering was worth $81 billion in 2016, and it's going to be, it went up 3% this year, and it's predicted to do another 3% next year. So, you know, it's, it's growing massively, and I think that the lines are, are mixing. Barbers are taking a lot from hairdressers, and they're starting to style the hair on top using blow-drying techniques and round brushes, which weren't often used. Lots more products on the market. Um, you know, the and i think that the you know guys in hairdressing when i'm teaching hairdressers they want to know about barbering skills they want to know about clipper work but then i've you know i've been teaching i mean i was in canada this year teaching barbers about scissor skills because they want to learn about scissors as well and i think that the 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 fact that we're both taking stuff from each other hairdressers taking from barbers and barbers taking from hairdressers is creating one of the most exciting times in the last uh, 16 years of my career where New things are happening all the time, and I'm, I'm I'm doing a photo shoot this weekend, and it's all girls having barbering style haircuts, and that's you know, and that's the, the girls are wanting the skin fades and stuff over here now. So it, it's kind of anything goes, and it's pushing the boundaries, and you know, it means that with the growth, it means that tools are getting better and products are getting better because for a long time it becomes quite stale, but because Wall are competing with Andis and Andis competing with Oster and Babilis are going in there as well. And new companies like JRL, Clippers are coming out. And, and it's improving all the time, mm-hmm. which is only good for us, which is only good for our clients because they're getting a higher level of, of, of haircut and experience each time. I mean, barbers yeah, are actually absolutely. starting to take appointments now. <laughs> Oh,
1: uh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause that's traditionally, it's like just a walk in and we'll be right with you kind of environment for all these years. Yeah. I saw, um, a pair of like the first Clippers before they were, you know, uh, electric yeah. where they had the you know the, the shears and you just had to keep moving your hand and i'm thinking man you got to have some good <laughs> hand motion to be able to you know keep up on that that was a lot of work there's a lot of physical work and in, in those old clippers back in the day um i know that in talking with uh, a lot of my gal friends a lot of you know my listeners my some of my tribe in my area you know we all look at it and we say you know what it's it's it, we know that kind of, you know, the female is really the beauty consumer. They're the ones that are buying. But they're all mentioning that their men are becoming more active with, you know, uh, wanting different looks, uh, you know, keeping up on things, using skincare, all, you know, more using more product type of thing. And, you know, so when I asked him the question and I said, you know, what's the one thing that you would like to, you know, your your boyfriend, husband, significant other to be able to do. And there's like, update their hair. They're so afraid <laughs> yeah. to try a new look. And I just wanted to update his hair to something that's more modern. And I said, well, what's stopping them? They said, they don't know where to go. And they're afraid to yeah. go to a barbershop that they're going to get clipped, all clipped off. Or they feel like the hairdresser may not know what to do or how to do it. And I'm thinking, well, that's very valid, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think that the thing is, I was I was, talk, I was teaching a salon in London recently, and talking to those guys, and uh, you know, I said to them, barbers are trained in barbering and men's hair, short hair, you know, clipper techniques, and then they work in a shop which only cuts men's hair, generally, or short techniques. If a woman comes in, they do the same techniques on a woman. Whereas hairdressers in this country, uh, you know, and cosmetology as well, they're not taught much with with clippers uh, at all or short hair and then they're expected to go into a salon, and most salons are all unisex. So mm-hmm. yeah. you're going into cutting men's hair, and men assume that you're qualified because you're cutting hair for them, but they haven't actually had any training. And I think it's very unfair on the cosmetologists and the hairstylists that they haven't it had is. that, yet they're expected to be able to just... Yeah, it, it is, and there's
1: a there's a fear factor there in in that for them. So I know we're going to be talking more about men, and I know we're going to be talking about great haircuts in this next segment. But I'm also excited, Tom, about the bigger topic that we're going to talk about, which is how you're raising awareness on suicide prevention with your uh, Lions Club Collective. So we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back in this next segment, I want to hear I want to hear all about that part of it, and that it's not just about barbering; it's that next level that you're taking your clients through and to so we're excited about that so stick around stay with us and uh follow us follow us on instagram beauty inside and out show facebook beauty inside and out and twitter beauty in out show we'll be right back
3: the internet's number one talk station number one talk station VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways, from promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal. Finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.NAPEvents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's NAPEvents.com or 877-319-2403.
4: You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillocks, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
3: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to beauty inside and out.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with my guest, Tom Chapman. So not only is he an award-winning hairstylist and barber, because I can say that now. I didn't know that, Tom. But you also, in 2015, you founded the Lions Barber Collective, which is a group of international barbers that are raising awareness for suicide prevention. And I'm thinking, well, this is fantastic. I mean... We have here in the States, you may have something there in the UK as well, uh, where it's, you know, a cut it out program. So domestic violence, it's it's hairdressers recognizing when somebody might be in a domestic uh, violent situation um, at home. And, you know, and obviously what hairdressers can do to kind of create awareness or give them a hotline type of thing. You're doing it with suicide. And obviously this is, like you said in our first segment here, something close to your heart. So how are you doing this? How are you bringing up this topic and creating awareness with, you know, these guys coming into your to the shop and having their hair done?
2: So it, I mean, it's, it, the thing is, it, it started out as, this, like I said earlier on, is this one lookbook. And it kind of, because it was something that's so passionate to me, it's kind of grown and grown and grown. And because I was aware that not many people knew about it. So, I mean, it started off with me just talking to my clients about it. And, and then once I started talking to people, they were talking back to me and saying, well, I've been there or I've lost a friend or and I realized that it was a you know such a big a big thing that affected so many people whether directly or indirectly um and then i i kind of you know we've all we've all been there haven't we? we've we all as stylists mm-hmm. hairstylist barbers we've all had somebody come in and tell us something in confidence and mm-hmm. there's been an ongoing joke of oh, I, i'm not only a barber i'm not only a hairdresser i'm a psychiatrist or a counselor as well yeah. <laughs> so that's gone on that's gone on for years, and years. so it's nothing that's new you know it's it just The fact that, you know, I've been trying to tell people that, you know, we're in a huge position of trust. When that person's in the chair, you're in their personal space, you've got a a sense of intimacy uh, that you don't have with hardly anybody else in your life, unless they're a family member, really, you know, or a very, very close friend. So the idea is that we will take advantage of that position to help the people the people in the chairs who are probably one of the most important people in our lives if it wasn't for our clients we wouldn't have any business we wouldn't have the industry so mm-hmm. that kind of grew and grew and grew and then the idea was you know i went on some training courses for mental health first aid and, and assist suicide intervention and i tried to get i got i got a course for uh, barbers all completely paid for by Devon Recovery which is a local charity that funded it all for us Um, but it was very difficult to get barbers onto it to try and make it attractive to them you know trying to make suicide prevention and mental health sexy was was quite hard so because one it was two days people didn't want to take time off work so we decided to well I decided it would be a good idea to have our own training program bespoke to barbers getting barbers excited about it so that we could help barbers be able to recognize the signs and then be able to talk to their clients asking them direct questions like do you think you may be suicidal do you think you may be depressed have you contemplated taking your life it's something like that that people are scared to ask but give them the confidence to Mm -hmm. ask those direct questions and then how to listen to their clients which is the most important because we quite often listen just to uh to listen to hear something that we can then give our own answer to, you know, something that we relate to, but actually teaching people to listen and actually learn what the people are saying and listen non-judgmentally, um, which is which is the main focus of our training program, and then giving them the confidence and the knowledge to be able to signpost to the amazing um, organizations that exist, such as Samaritans over here, uh, Mind, or, or even just local resources that have free counseling, etc. So the idea is that we can bridge the gap between communities and the organisations that exist we're not trying to turn barbers into counsellors as such Um, so that's the idea of the training programme and that's one of our missions is to educate Educate um,
1: that's, yeah, that's great. That's good. So, what are some of the stats that we that we do know about suicide here? Because it is it is one of those taboo talk to- topics. You know, we all know somebody. I mean, I, I I putting this out to my listeners. I believe this is an epidemic, and I think we all know somebody that has been depressed, that has considered it, that that you are worried about, and maybe you didn't ask those questions that you just provided for us, Tom. Yeah. Um, I know that there there are people out there that have tried to commit suicide and you know fortunately failed and I think we also know somebody that has succeeded at committing suicide yeah. and then we think wow we didn't know it wasn't it wasn't anything traditional um yeah. you know which I think is kind of more my story so what do we know about the stats on suicide here
2: Oh well, the stats I know that it's it's uh, one person in the UK, it, uh, every 120 minutes, it's the uh, biggest killer in young people. 80% of them, uh, nearly 80% of them are men. And uh, it's one in four people will have some form of mental health problem. In, and and then in the in America, I know it's one every 12.3 minutes, someone dies from suicide. But globally, it's one every minute. So mm. it's such a huge number. So every minute somebody's taking their life. And I think we one of the biggest things we can do is move away from this whole medical conditions and mental health conditions and actually look at the human condition because, you know, we need to be loved and we need to love and, and we need to belong and feel uh, feel like we belong to other people. We need to feel like we've got a purpose. And that's not people with mental health issues. That's just, that's just you know that's everybody it's somebody um,
1: being bullied somebody that's not yeah, feeling like, a, a connected or a part of their, their community or they don't have friends at school you know or they feel hated at work I yeah. mean all of
2: those things we've all had those things yeah, haven't we exactly. we've all woken up and looked in the mirror and gone oh I look awful today or oh, look I've put on weight or and that's all that's all part of it it's the human condition and I think that we can let each other know that it's okay to feel like that and I I've hold and I, I, I my hand up and say look I've had a day where I think, oh, God, it would be better. It would be easier if I just wasn't here, if I just give up on everything. Not that I want to take my own life, not that I'm going to kill myself, but we've all had that day where we just think, I just want to escape from everything because the, the bills come in and, I don't know, you've lost your partner or all these sorts of things, You know, any sort of loss or, or stress in life. We've all had that feeling at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I lost my brother to suicide. He was He was 22 years old. Um, he had a lot of friends. He had a girlfriend. Um, he had a good job. He was, you know, working his way to reach that particular age to go to work with my father, which he had to be 25 to be, uh, under the insurance to be able to work with my dad. Um, and he was 22 at the time and it was one day, one day. And he, you know, he shot himself in the head and, we've never been the same since. I mean, obviously we've healed and time has gone by. um, And, but we still have that question that will never be answered. Why? Never be answered. And, And, you know, I can feel bad as a, as a sister in losing a brother, but the truth is, is my heart still breaks for my parents who lost their son and don't know why when everything seemed normal. Yeah. You know, we can, we can look at the hindsight, of maybe the last year of his life and see subtleties to behaviors and personality, but not enough for us to ever assume that he would take his own life.
2: And it's it's very difficult because you, we only, it's very hard. We only ever have control over our own thoughts and our own actions. Mm-hmm. And everything else in the world is outside of our control. And that's quite scary when you think about that for a second, that you have no control over anything else that happens outside of your own thoughts and actions and we can't we can't make somebody do something else and the the samaritans over here believe that it's your own right to take your life and they won't intervene if somebody wants to and i mean they have volunteers that you can phone them up if if you if people want to take their own life they can phone them up and this volunteer has to be on the phone with them without intervening whilst that person takes their overdose uh, oh. which is, it is incredible that these volunteers do this. And I think mm-hmm. it's right that people do have that right. However, I also believe that suicide is preventable. And if you talk to somebody or if you listen, which is the main thing, if you let that person know that you're going to listen to them without judgment and you're not going to say to them, I know how you feel. You're going right. to say, I don't know what you're feeling, but I'm going to listen to you and you can tell me anything, and I won't judge you. And that simple 180 of saying, I know how you feel. I've been through this. Because when you're feeling bad, you don't. you think, well, well they, hell, they don't know how I feel. It's mine. They don't. It's
1: personal. No, it's very, very personal. And And the truth is is that they – do feel isolated in their thought process and that's part of the reason why they 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 can't break out of that behavior of wanting to yep. commit suicide is because they do feel all alone they do feel isolated. they do feel like nobody would absolutely understand what they're experiencing. So you're right, that's a very that's, I think that's a very valid approach is not trying to connect with them on the level of you know how they feel, but connect with them on the human level of, I, I'm willing to hear you out. i'm yeah. I, I won't judge, and I yeah. want to understand,
2: yes, exactly. And I think that's um, you know sometimes if you let people talk it out themselves to yeah. you and you're listening to them without without offering them advice and throwing things into the, you know, uh, like pitching things at them pitching ideas at them, if you let them talk it out, sometimes they resolve it themselves. I've had a lot of a times they of time. resolve
1: it. A lot and, of times they yeah. can resolve it.
2: And it's just having that ability to have someone they can talk to without going, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be okay. Because people well, are scared it, to listen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was certainly, you know, after after my brother had passed away, it was, you know, I realized that uh, the, the ratio between men and women, that women, you know, there's as many women that have suicidal thoughts and are willing to take action in order to kill themselves. The difference is, is that they did methods that didn't necessarily have them die. They could survive some of their methods. They also were more apt to tell a friend in passing. And it was whether the friend decided to take any action or not, where the men were pretty firm that they were going to do it. And they used... Things and tools that we're going to have them succeed at it, not be passive about it. So we know that, you know, that really looking after these men. And so I love the fact, Tom, that you are bringing this education to barbers and that you're making these connections while someone's sitting there getting their hair done. Because we know that that sense of touch is what might be missing for them. So it's a way to be able to make that connection even more valid.
2: I mean, the the biggest thing that I've done altogether is just telling people publicly that it's okay to talk to me. And by allowing people to talk to me, you know, by saying it's okay, you can come and tell me anything, that's given people that open gate to just come and tell me whatever that's on their mind. And, you know, we hold uh, Lions Dens at our shop, which is actually a drop-in support group once a month. Um, Mm Um. people was once a month last Friday of the month and people can come in and so it means we can refer people to come into the Lions Den dropping support and we have a sport worker there who comes in the shops running it's just a normal day in the shop and he sits in the waiting area and people come in and talk to him and he can signpost them and give them information and you know when I have people come in to me and I don't know all the information about everything that's going on so I refer them to come down and speak to Sean and next, this month, actually, we're having our first Lion's Den in three other barbershops in the UK um, that are going to be the first three who have signed the agreements and got everything in place. So at the end of this month, um, last Friday of the month, there's going to be a line, four Lion's Dens going on instead of just the one. So I'm hoping that we can get Lion's Dens, uh, support, drop-in support groups all across the globe so that every barbershop can support their community even if it's just a small way, once a month, um, it can make a big difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it can make a big difference. And I, I I love the fact that we're just, we can't fear having a voice in this, and we can't fear uh, approaching the subject. Because I think that just in mental health issues, period, we're just dealing with it. I mean, you know, all the stats they're talking about, and just from social media, people feeling less than, you know, yeah. um, and not being not having those human connections that I think that, you know, I know I had growing up because we didn't have the internet. (laughs) And so it's, you know, the human connection is becoming further and further away from individuals. The social connection is, is sometimes, and a lot of times not as healthy as we think it may be, you know, it's like, Oh, I have, you know, millions of friends I can connect with, but I still feel very alone. So I love that you're doing this, and um, I want to find out a little bit more. You know, in, in our next segment here, um, you know, what are what what can we do? So I know what you're doing, you know, with uh, with your Lions Club and the education and everything, but maybe you could educate us a little bit of what can we do if we do have some friends or family members that um, might be showing signs of depression and possible suicidal thoughts. Okay, but we're gonna take okay. a break here. But first, I have to thank my sponsor. Uh, and that is Cella Beauty. I say I owe my brows to Cella. I use the amazing taupe brow cream. It goes on very easy. It stays on all day, and it looks like real eyebrows. <laughs> so you can go to Cella.com, C-H-E-L-L-A.com, and you can save 20% on your very own Cella brow cream by using the code Bonnie20, B-O-N-N-I-E20. And again, that's Cella.com. Uh, we're talking with Tom Chapman. He is an amazing barber, but he's more amazing because he's really putting the word out for suicide prevention. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back.
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. If you're considering adoption, there are a lot of questions that you may have which need to be answered by families that have adopted, by the adoptees themselves, and by professionals. Tune in to Adoption Unscripted with your host, Micah Johnson. We bring you many of the answers you're looking for. There are so many resources and advocates in the field of adoption. It's a life-changing experience across the board. We hope you'll tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety.
3: Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back. My guest, Tom Chapman here,
1: barber, uh, uh, advocacy uh for suicide intervention and mental health awareness. So, Tom, I'm I'm loving this conversation you have. I love that you're doing this. I, I'm I'm sorry to all those people that have been touched by suicide, including you with your friend, and me with my brother. Um, but you've you've really done some amazing things. I see here on your bio that you received the Point of Light Award for your volunteer work from the UK Prime Minister Theresa May. So this is big stuff here, and this just <laughs> happened this year.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was um. I had a, I was at work and I had a phone call from number 10 Downing Street and uh, I was cutting someone's hair. One of the guys said to me, look, uh, number 10 are on the, on the phone. And of course, that's, you don't really get that every day. So that was, I was thought <laughs> no. someone was having, someone was having a laugh at my expense, but I spoke to them and they were doing a case study on me and they wanted some more information. And then I got a call back from them. Uh, a few weeks later, to say that they wanted to award me with the Points of Light Award for um, Astounding volunteer work, um, and that's come from the Prime Minister and Theresa May actually gave her, well, um, she gave her endorsement of the Lions Barber Collective, basically, and what we were doing. So, and they said you are more than happy to use that on anything, and and she's proud to know that you guys are, are doing what you're doing. Which was, I mean. It took me back a lot, really, and um, I think I was very. Oh God, I was very. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I can't really say much about it, it says a lot, really. I. I
4: yeah, my, my, you're, my you're still tongue-tied.
2: Been, yeah, I mean, my granddad would have been incredibly proud, and you know, but, yeah, made my mom cry. So that's always a good thing, isn't it? You make your mom cry, <laughs> well, for a good uh, reason. It, for, yeah. it is, and
1: you know, and, and and thank you, thank you for doing the work that you're doing too. So the Lions Barber Club Collective is this group you started with to raise awareness for suicide prevention with all these international barbers. So I know you got a you got a good foothold in the UK. So I want to kind of make sure that you know my show is is like in 13 different countries. So if there's Barbers in other parts of the country. I want you to reach out to Tom and and connect with him on how you can make, um, you know, the suicide prevention and and mental well being a topic that we can be more educated on to be able to share with these men that are coming in and having services from you guys. And so then that kind of developed into this what you call the barber talk.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you said, to, you know, guys around the world that are listening to this, if anybody wants to be involved, you can get hold of us. If you go to the com, there is an email contact sheet, contact form on there. So you can contact us if you want to know anything about it. And uh, with the barber talk training coming up, uh, that's going to be, we're going to be piloting it because we've been working with uh, psychiatrists and Public Health UK to get this you know, working perfectly and we're going to pilot it in London early next year. And then once that's done, then we're going to be able to start rolling it out because we want to make it perfect. Uh, but we're also going to have Barber Talk Lite, which is going to be going on to our website very soon. Once the guys have got it all uploaded on there, but it's going to be a, um, it's going to be like a Barber Talk training, but a very a sort of mini version that anybody can do from any part of the world, you know, because obviously with the training in place, we're going to have limited trainers, so we're going to have limited places we could be. So we figured that, you know, I thought it would be good that we can get that awareness raised and give a little bit of education to people anywhere in the world. And when they complete the, um, complete the little bit of training, they actually get a, a – a, this, this shop supports mental well-being, Lions Barber Collective's window sticker – so they can let people know that this is a, a safe place for people to talk, and they've had a, you know, the Barber Talk-like training, which is a good you know, you know starting point to be able to understand these things. Um, so that's going to be going up on the website soon, but you can keep checking back at that. But if anybody's got any information or they want to perhaps have a Lion's Den, hold a Lion's Den drop-in drop support group at their shop, they can do that too by getting hold of us at the thelionsbarbercollective.com.
1: Oh, that's perfect. And I, and I love this because it's, it is, it's like a safe place for men to talk. So let's, let's talk a little bit while we still have some time here. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the signs? What are you recognizing and having the education and the training that not only you've had, but that you're now going to be offering, you know, to, to others, other barbers? What are you seeing here that is causing some type of awareness or alert to you to kind of open up that conversation?
2: Yeah, okay, so I mean we, we've, as barbers, we we have a good follow-up and a good relationship with our clients, yet we're often not in their friendship circle, so that social circle, so we're kind of a little bit disconnected from their personal life. <clears throat> so that's why people tend to open up a little bit more to barbers, so we've got a really good position, and that goes for hairdressers as well. But we did a, a study with UK-based product brand, Barb, uh, the Blue bids Revenge, and they put out a survey to all their or their followers over social media for us which is fantastic but it came back and it's we found out that barbers are um, sorry men are more likely to go to their barber than their GP or their mm-hmm. local pub they spend more time at their at their barbershop than they do at a local pub nowadays and they see the same barber each time as well whereas when they see their GP it's a different GP depending on who's on shift or whether the GP's moved to a different uh, mm-hmm. yeah, different area so you know, they're building up this follow-up with, with their barbers, which they don't get as a GP anymore. Plus, you have more time with a barber. You have time, you know, half an hour to an hour maybe, depending on services, where you're sat down one-to-one uh, with no interactions from social media or telephones or anything like that. You're actually having that human connection. But because we see our clients all the time, they're, some of the signs that are great to look for and that goes for anybody as well with family members, is it's often extremes. So it's someone's gaining weight very quickly or lost weight very quickly. They're getting mm. too much sleep or not enough sleep. So things like that where it's really, really extremes, you know, everyone has ups and downs, but when you see the extremes, up, ups and the extreme downs, um, that's when you start to, you, you should be triggered, you know, and people start to take less care of themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people who are usually preening themselves and coming in every week for a haircut, you know, if, if you notice they're not having their haircut very often and they're not taking much care of themselves, and they're not interacting with their friends anymore, they're shutting themselves off and becoming isolated, that's often a very um, a, a key trigger as well.
1: So, yeah, that's, that's,
2: yeah, isolation.
1: Yeah, I think isolation, um, looking a little bit more disheveled, not kind of caring as much, you know, making comments of, um, you know that they might be going through a life change, whether it's a you know they're feeling insecure about their job or their relationship. Uh, it could be a loss of a family member. Yeah,
2: um, loss or, is a big thing.
1: Yeah, loss is a is a big thing that ch- can trigger uh, suicidal thoughts and and yeah. depression.
2: Loss of a job, loss of a family member. You say loss of relationships. That that's a big thing. And and insane things such as you know. Uh, oh, uh, you'd all be better off without me or you know those sorts of things you know where like they're dismissing themselves or mm-hmm. saying, Oh, i just i'd rather not go on anymore those sort of things are things that people say quite often really when you think about yeah. it but we kind of yeah. we kind of, sort of brush over it as if maybe i don't know we're, you know we're too scared to ask those direct questions or scared of the answer if we do um mm-hmm. but i think you know I, I, I'm sort of an advocate for people asking these direct questions. And one of the things that comes back to me quite often is people say, But what if I ask them if they're suicidal or, or they want to take their own life and and they don't? And they say, Well, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. Why would you say that? The the best way to reply is to say, Well, I care for you. And I was worried about, you know, no one's going to be angry if you say, <laughs> You know, I was care, I just care for you. And I was worried you were okay. So, don't be afraid to ask people those questions. If you ask someone if they're suicidal, it doesn't mean they're going to go and take their own life. If anything, it might be that green light that they can talk about it, which is something mm-hmm. they've been scared to talk about for so long because they don't want to put that pressure on somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it you know and it goes too because a lot of times I think that depression doesn't just happen overnight. You know, we we depression happens over time, and then all of a sudden one day something doesn't feel right enough. And, or maybe we go to the doctor because there's aches and pains going on now, which is, you know, the depression kind of now taking effect on the body. And then, you know, the doctor will diagnose you and they'll be like, you know, have you been depressed lately? And it's, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I guess I could kind of classify it as depressed, but they don't necessarily do that because sometimes it's very subtle and it happens over a course of time and they're not quite sure how to get out of it. But, you know, I, I think that's, and, My brother's situation, it's like we could look back over the year and we could say, ah, there were subtle signs, nothing significant, but there were subtle signs. And we, you know, we didn't think that this would be the end result. Um, And at the same time, had we had we had some, you know, some awareness, some information, a little bit more education, I think his friends would have asked, you know, Um, because really what happens at the end of the day is most people are shocked. It's like, oh, my gosh, can you believe it? He took his own life. And then we're shocked. And then we think about it. And it's like, why were we so shocked? Because I could tell he was having a hard time in his life. Why didn't I say something?
2: Why didn't I say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I spoke to an occupational therapist about this. And she said by the time people get to her, they have hit rock bottom. And they get referred to her. And they've got no job, no family, no nothing left. And it's too late. But she said, you know, when you guys are encouraging people to talk to you in your shops, basically what you're doing is you're preventing it. You're letting, they're letting off steam a little bit at mm-hmm. a time mm-hmm. so you, you're actually doing a preventative which is actually going to save you know the the NHS or the medical people you know any any government lots and lots of money because you're preventing them from reaching that point so that's that's they need to back this sort of thing but the only problem is with pre- preventative is there's no statistics to say right. I didn't take my life because I spoke to because yeah. you didn't take your life so that preventative statistic isn't there so, so that's the only thing you need to get past but you know, once we get to a point where suicides are uh, dropping down then it will start to notice but the hard point is it's hard to pinpoint the exact thing that makes people better but i mean come on yeah. or that <laughs> set talk, them you're off talking to people yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it
1: goes exactly. both ways it's like there isn't yeah. you know sometimes it's just a, a a a slew of many things that just kind of build up upon somebody and yeah, it's not just it one yeah, it's thing. Lots and
2: lots of little things. The, the straw that yeah. broke the camel's back, as it were, you know? hmm that's, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's, you know, and it is good advice. I think you're right on the, you know, just the preventative part. What, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure the fear on the other end of it, too, is what if somebody said, hey, you know, have you been depressed or have you had thoughts of suicide? And and the person says yes. Yeah. You know, well,
2: then what do you do? Well, that's always a scary thing. And it's scary for me as well when, you know, I still say that to people and they still say I had a young boy who I've cut his hair since he was about six and he's like 19 now. And he broke down and told me about two months ago in the chair that I asked him because he joked around and said, oh, I just want to kill myself. My, you know, my sister's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I said, do you really? Do you really want to kill yourself? you contemplate contemplated suicide. And he told broke down, told me he had, and he, you know he wanted to take his own life and and this was in the middle of a haircut, you know, in the middle of a shop and and he just I just listened to him, and you know I, I asked I find out if he had a plan, was he considering doing it now is it, if he did have a plan, which he didn't, which was good, but if he did have a plan, how can we disable that plan so mm. if he was going to take uh, medication and yeah. you have to try and you know perhaps and the good thing about the thing is when you're when you're a barber and you've got that relationship with a client i know his mum and i know his sister and i know his family so i said to him look can we call your mum maybe and we can get you to you know um you know perhaps we can let her know about this have you spoke to her about it and it's about creating that support network around him and i mean i've known him for years so i you know i said to him look if you want my number, you've got my, you know, you, you can take my number and give me a text if you need anything, but also we have our Lions Den meetings, and also once a month locally we do a walk where we get guys, that, and we all just meet up, and there's no, you know, professional or clinical thing about it, we just meet up and we hang out, and Domino's Pizza sponsor it. it's so they bring us That's all cute, pizza, so. which is good, and, and yeah. he came down to that, and I spent four hours on a Sunday morning just listening to him and talking to him, and He's now told me he doesn't want to take his own life. And he's, yeah. you know, he's, well, he's, he's made connected. changes and exactly. That's all we yeah. need. We need connection and we, we need, need hope. We need connection. And we need love, Yeah.
1: And love. Yeah. Uh, All those things. So tell us how tell us how we can find out more about what you're doing here and be involved with it. And then also, Tom, before we close out here today, tell us how we can find you, because I know that you're a fantastic barber and educator. And if there are people that are interested in booking you for your educational expertise as a barber, we'd love to share that as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I. If you want to get involved with the Lions Barber Collective, that be hold the Lions Den or find out more information about the training when that's going to be up, go to the website, which is the thelionsbarbercollective dot com, and there's a contact sheet on there and email addresses Perfect. and everything, so you can find out all about us on there. Plus, we're on Twitter at the Lions Barbers and Facebook Lions Barber Collective. Uh, and, if, and all of those you know, can get to you. And all of those can link to me as well if they need to. But my personal email is TomChapmanHairDesign at gmail.com. And like I said, I do education all over the place. I'm literally I'm coming out to Hawaii, to Maui uh, in March. And I'm coming down to Brazil next year. So, I mean, the USA is my favorite country in the entire world. So if i we got going to cut. We're going to get you here
1: for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if I can
2: come to the USA and I can cut hair, then I'm a happy guy.
1: We'll make that happen. I promise, because uh, mm-hmm. I've I've got some good connections to make that happen. Well, Tom, thank you so much for sharing all of your information. Thank you for what you're doing to be able to, you know, put a focus on men and men's mental health and suicide awareness. I mean, it's it's touched too many people, and it's a great way for us to make sure that we're doing what we can while we can while people are not feeling good. And I got the number here for those of us in the U.S. If you know if you are feeling suicidal and you need some support, you can go to eight hundred two seven three talk, eight hundred 273 talk here in the US if you're feeling not good about it again thank you Tom for being with us and as always on beauty inside and out if you're interested in being a guest if you got something to share if there's you know uh, whether it's beauty products barber products maybe it's even a, a, a program like what Tom's done here we'd love to have you on the show and get the word out and you can always find us uh, Instagram beauty inside and out show On Facebook, Beauty Inside and Out Show. Twitter, Beauty In Out Show. And of course, you can find me directly uh, at bonniebonadeo.com. Love to hear from you. And as always, remember, it's about the BU in beauty.
0: Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.